Oh, you're so kind, Miles. Um, you know, you, you really are blessed. You, you have wonderful pastors here, an incredible staff. It's amazing, uh, this church, uh, just to see what has happened over the last few years. It's much bigger than anyone would have ever dreamed. Um, but it's a testimony to what God can do. And so those of you that are here that are a part of this community, boy, I am so jealous. I would love to be a part of a church like this. This is absolutely incredible. Uh, well, Miles did mention my family. Here's, here's a picture of my family. Uh, we've got uh, three teenage children. We've got Luke, 21. Our other son, Logan, is 19. Our daughter is 17. Uh, she's going to graduate from high school in just a few months. Oh, it's our last one. And then... Uh, we're empty nesters. It, I don't even know. I'm not ready for that emotional journey. But my wife, oh, uh, she was up there as well. <laughs> She's sort of responsible for the whole crew. But, you know, my wife works. Uh, she's got a great job. She works uh, for the last eight years with immigrants and refugees in our community. And most recently, she's been working with families uh, that have come from Afghanistan uh, that have been, you know, air evacuated out of the country. And so she spends time every day and she comes home with uh, buckets of biryani. And we eat so well because she's so blessed with all of the families that she gets to serve. It's, it's absolutely amazing to watch her serve and watch what she does. She's worked as a children's pastor, um, you know, pretty much uh, her whole life. She grew up, her dad was a pastor, her brother's a pastor, she's been a pastor. I, my story couldn't be more different I did not grow up anywhere near church. And, and to think that, you know, now I've served as a pastor, married to a pastor is, is a bit mind-blowing. For those of you who are maybe new to church or maybe this is even your first time ever coming to a church, I totally feel your pain. <laughs> this is so weird. I mean, isn't it? It is. It's weird. There's a bear on stage. You're like, what is happening? How did, who invited me here? You know, I absolutely love seeing the children up here. There's something really innocent about having the kids, having a bear that you get to sing with. You know, it is really, this is such a good place. But I can, I get it. There's not many places where we go and like sing songs and then listen to like a TED talk and you're, you're not sure what this whole experience is. So I get it. I grew up in the carnival. My family traveled around. We sold funnel cakes. Anybody know what a funnel cake is? Um, this was our, our funnel cake stand in the carnival and that's me putting sugar on this pastry that we would uh, make. Here's a couple other pictures. I think the reason we call it, people love the funnel cake stand. Uh, you can see a very, very long line that wraps around uh, into another time zone. And, but, but that's a funnel cake there. And the way you make a funnel cake is you pour this batter out of a funnel into hot oil and then it, it comes together. So my family would travel around every week. We would be in a different carnival, a different place. And my dad started this business when I was five. 
And so, you know, I didn't start working full time until I was nine, you know. We, we had a few years, and so I would just run around the carnival and try to stay out of trouble. But I remember when I was seven years old, I was running through this one exhibit hall area. And every carnival we ever went to, there was a local church that always had a booth. They always had an exhibit. They were, you know, painting kids' faces or giving away free water or doing something. But I remember this one booth. It was the first time I ever interacted with Christians, this guy had a box on his, on the table and he pulled me by the shirt. He pulled me over to the, his thing and he, he said, hey, what do you think is inside of this box? I said, I don't know. And he opened it up and there was a human skull inside of the box. And he said, this is you because you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> Christianity 101. That was my introduction to to the Christian faith. I think I peed a little bit in my pants. Um, I was traumatized. That was my first impression of Christians. And I had no idea whose skull that was and what was happening. All I knew, the Christians I would interact with over the years were really strange. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it. They were really angry people. Well, fast forward to my senior year of high school. I wanted to go to college to be a chiropractor, and I needed some scholarship help to do it. The funnel cakes didn't make that much money. And so I was filling out a scholarship application, and there was a section that had, you could list your religious activities. Well, I I had no religious activities, and I had to turn in a scholarship application with a whole section blank, and I was thinking, how am I going to get a religious activity? What is that? And luckily for me, there was a French foreign exchange student in my Spanish class who invited me to go on a Catholic retreat, you know, as happens. And I thought, perfect, a religious activity. This is great. I'll go and I'll argue with all the Christians. And I went, and the very first night was confess your sins to a priest night. And I thought, I could have a little fun with this. You know, like, I was a mischievous 18-year-old, and I was like, maybe I could make some stuff up and just, you know, see what I could do. But then I decided, no, this whole thing is really odd. I'm leaving. It's all brainwashing. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And so I was on my way out of this little Catholic church in Illinois, uh, surrounded by cornfields. There's no, I mean, it's the perfect scene for like a cult movie. I'm like, so I'm, I'm getting ready to leave this little church and my small group discussion leader grabs me by the shirt and says, I'm like, ah, why are you Christians always grabbing me? He, he said, where do you think you're going? And I was like, I'm leaving. And he said, well, sit down here in the lobby and, and tell me what's going, what's going through your mind. And I just began to gush all the reasons I hated Christians. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. Thought this whole business, you know, was brainwashing. And, uh, and then he asked me a question. He said, well, what issues do you have with Jesus? And then he just listened. And I... I had lots of Christians tell me I was going to hell. Nobody ever told me anything about Jesus. And I quickly realized I didn't know anything about Jesus. And 
And then I got really frustrated, and I don't know why. I started to get emotional, and I actually got kind of choked up, and I started crying, and then I was like so embarrassed. I'm like, what is happening? They're, they've gotten me. And, <laughs> and he, he said, look, just stick out the rest of the weekend. You don't ever have to come back to this, but I just challenge you to have an open mind. And I wanted to punch him in the throat. I was like, it's you Christians that don't have open minds. You're the most closed-minded people. I'm going to prove to you I'm way more open-minded than you are. So I stuck out the weekend and I decided, you know, if I'm going to be here, I'm a, if they need a volunteer, I'll be the first to volunteer. If they're going to sing songs, I'll sing the loudest. Like, I will be all in and I will prove to them I don't want to have anything to do with this. Their God's not real. And I remember the very last speaker at the end of the weekend was talking. And he said, I know there are some of you here who don't believe in God. I just hope that one day if God reveals himself to you, you'll have an open heart. You'll have an open mind and be ready for that. And at that moment, there was this sense of love that washed over me from head to toe. I couldn't explain it. I looked out the window. There was this beautiful Illinois sunset over the cornfields. And I remember having this moment of realization that how on earth is it that we have the ability to recognize beauty? Like collectively, as humans, we would look at that and say, that's beautiful. And I turned to my small group leader and I said, whoa, I think I get it. There has to be a creator and he's like, what, what? I'm like, it's calm down. I'm not saying it's Jesus or anything, but I think I get that there has to be a creator behind all of this. And they invited me to come back and help on the next retreat. And I was like, I don't know if you want me. I don't even believe in all the Jesus stuff. And they're like, no, just come back and help. I tell you what, that community was so kind. They were so gentle and gave me a place to figure out what, all this stuff was, how to pray, and, and that Catholic community helped me take my first steps in exploring Jesus. They gave me a New Testament Bible. I took it home. I remember reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I had no idea why the same stories kept being repeated over and over <laughs> and over again. This whole thing is just odd to me. But then I remember uh, getting baptized. I remember going to church at this little church that my friends had discovered. That, and they said, look, we found a church where they'll let you take communion. And see, at the Catholic retreat, they wouldn't let me take communion because I wasn't Catholic. But this other church, I, you could kind of sort of take communion when nobody asked any questions. I was like, they'll give me the goods. That's where I want to go. So I remember going for a few weeks and my friends had stopped going, and I sat in the very last row next to the sound booth, kind of tucked back in the corner. But I remember praying and saying, God, if you want me to keep going to this church, I have to meet somebody my age. And after church, I stepped right outside the door, and this girl came up to me. She said, hey, are you in college? You look like a college student. I said, yeah, I am. She said, well, you should come and be a part of our college group. And I was like, whoa, that was fast. <laughs> Uh, that, was, that was, that's a good one. And, and sure enough, I got involved in their college group. And then several months later, I was at a church service just like this. And uh, I just really felt the Lord tugging on my heart 
to be baptized. Hadn't shown up to church, didn't plan on being baptized, didn't bring any extra clothes. It was February in Illinois. It's very cold. And uh, I just remember going forward at the end of the service and telling the pastor, I think I need to get baptized today. And he said, well, our baptistry is sort of broken. There's ice in the baptistry. It's really cold. I don't want to go in there with you. <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> pastor, I'm getting, I need to get baptized today. And I just, I know. And he's like, all right. So we went in there and I got baptized. And I remember coming, it was disturbing cold. I remember coming out of the water like, <gasps> and everyone was like, whoa, he's really filled with the spirit. And I just, it was just really cold, you know. But after that, it, you know, when, you, when you're baptized, it, God does such an incredible thing in you. I, I just remember feeling like a brand new person. I couldn't explain it. I didn't expect that to happen, but God did an incredible work in me, and I'm so thankful. Well, I was so excited to tell everyone that I knew about Jesus. I felt like Harry Potter, who had just like discovered Hogwarts in this whole other world. It's kind of like discovering this church. Somehow you found your way up to the top of this building, like through a magic elevator, and you're here. You know, when you discover this place, you're like, what is this church? Where? There's like... It's incredible. You remember the first time you came up here and, and saw this place? I'd started telling everybody. And I wasn't the smoothest in how I did it. And I remember one time arguing with my mother about God and faith. And it, it just seemed like we would go back and forth and our conversation would get heated. And it would just get more and more elevated. And pretty soon she would just... She just, I remember her yelling at me one time in our kitchen, if your God is like this, I don't want to have anything to do with your God. And I just remember being so frustrated that she couldn't see what I was seeing. She didn't get it. And I was just so angry about it. And, you know, there was something missing in the way that I was trying to share my faith with other people. Well, over the years, I've discovered there's, there was really, you know, some questions that I had been asking myself. Uh, three questions. You know, the first thing was, is, is Christianity even good? Is, is this whole thing good? Do I even want to be a part of this thing with skulls and boxes and weird stuff? The second thing was, is it real? And the third was, God, do you even see me? Now, I know all of you probably have your own questions as well. And, and there's some things that are, can be really helpful along the way in our spiritual journey. There were, there were really a, a few things that I've found to be very helpful. Uh, the Holy Spirit, listening, and hospitality. The Holy Spirit, listening, and hospitality. Those three things can be really helpful for all of us, whether we're exploring faith or whether we're trying to figure out a way to share our faith. I remember having an opportunity to, to start a church uh, with uh, a group of people, and we did this one 
uh, around Easter, we, we did this one thing, uh, we called it the Stations of the Cross. Maybe you've heard of that, where you pray through the story of Jesus as he's making his way to the cross. My mother had actually, this is like 10 years later now, she had begun coming to this church that we started. She would drive three hours to come. Partly, I think, she just wanted to be, she wanted to see my kids. She, she was trying to be a good mom. You know, she was a grandma. She wanted, it was an opportunity and an excuse to come and see the family. But she started coming to church, and she went through the Stations of the Cross this one Easter. Later that week, after she had driven home, she called me, and when I picked up the phone, she couldn't talk. She was really quiet. I didn't know what was wrong, but I could tell she was a bit choked up. And uh, she said, you know, um, ever since I did that Stations of the Cross thing, I just remember seeing, you had a cross that was standing up, just like this. And she said, I, I remember standing in front of that cross, and she said, I'd never seen a cross like at eye level like that. I'd always pictured a cross being like way, way high up in the sky and Jesus being far away. She said, it, it was almost like Jesus was on eye level with me and that he could see me and that he loved me. And she got really choked up and she said, I think I need to get baptized. And I couldn't believe it. And, and then that next week, I was able to baptize her at this church that we had started. And I tell you what, it was such a beautiful experience, but it was so different than those early experiences of arguing with her. You know, in 1 Peter, it says, you, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life and always be ready to give an answer, you know, uh, for those who ask about your faith. I was that person. I was always ready. I was like more than ready. I was actually on the go. Like I was out telling people. I wasn't just like waiting for them to ask. I was out there really pushing. But Peter writes, he says, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. And that's what had been missing the whole time. Instead of me pushing, we just created a space and she was able to encounter Jesus for herself. How many of you have been through Alpha? Uh, those of you who've done Alpha, if you ever want to know what Alpha is, talk to those people who had their hand raised. They'll tell you. Alpha is a place where you can self-discover uh, for yourself. You can, you can ask any question. You get to experience the Holy Spirit. You get to experience the goodness and the gentleness of the Spirit. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's, that's actually what grows inside of Christ followers when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And over time, those character qualities come out of us. Now, imagine if I had uh, in each hand, if I was holding two fruits, you know, like an apple, let's say. And one was a real apple and the other was just like a decoration apple. They look exactly the same. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. There, there is a difference, 
one actually has some weight to it. There's substance, there's nutrition, there's life, there's seeds inside of a real apple. I think sometimes we look for the outward appearance of fruit and we actually miss the life-giving nature of real fruit. Real spiritual fruit, the Bible says, comes when we spend time with Jesus. And as the more we spend time with Jesus, when we abide with Jesus, that fruit grows naturally in our lives. And that is really helpful when we think about how we go about sharing our faith. We do it in a gentle and respectful way. The way that we do it is we create a space where people can be listened to. You want to be heard? Everybody, turn to the person. Look to the person next to you. Both sides. Just look, look around. They want to be heard. They have really good thoughts to share. Spouses are being like, yes, that's, that's right. You need to listen to me. You know, what I found on Alpha is that it gives us a broader vocabulary for our questions. Not everything is a doubt, actually. You know, oh, I bring my doubts, my concerns. On Alpha, I've learned that maybe some of the things that I'm curious about, there, there's curiosities that I have. There's things that I can wonder about. I don't have to have it all figured out. I've learned that sometimes there are things that I'm genuinely concerned about there are things that I have gaps in my understanding. I'm like, oh gosh, I didn't realize, I, I missed that, like, you know, and, and there's gaps for my questions. Sometimes I've learned that my questions are actually obstacles because they're filled with pain, they're filled with hurt. And all of those things could be the case. Not every question that we have, though, has to be an obstacle. Sometimes the questions that we have actually reveal our hopes and our longings. The things that we deeply hope for. The things that we want to be true. You know, we long to be loved. We long to be seen and heard. And when we have a place where we can be heard, it's amazing. It unlocks doors that had been formerly closed to spiritual possibility. So when we create that place of listening, it's good. Uh, hospitality is such an important element of this. You know the word hospitality in the original biblical Greek language is a, it's a beautiful word, philodzenos. Kind of sounds like a sneeze. The, the word is actually two Greek words mushed together, philo and xenos, philozenia. Uh, philo is the word for love, xenos is the word for stranger. So when you push those two words together, hospitality actually means to love the stranger. It's the opposite of xenophobia, which is the fear of strangers. We are commanded as Christ followers to be people who show hospitality, to love the strangers, to love people that are different than us, to love beyond our similarities. It's easy to love the people that look like you, sound like you, like all the same things that you like, 
But when we love the stranger, something beautiful unlocks and opens up. I've heard a lot of people say, gosh, I just wish, if Jesus is real, why doesn't he show himself? You know, I wish I could just see Jesus. Well, there's this mystical teaching that Jesus gives. He, he says, if you want to see me, you will when you love the poor, when you serve the brokenhearted, the lonely, the widow, the prisoner, when you do for the least of these, you're actually doing it for me. If you want to see Jesus, maybe spend time with the poor and the lonely and the brokenhearted. And in doing so, you may actually come closer to Jesus than you ever imagined. Get involved with some of the ministries here at the church. Serve and help. Come alongside the stranger and it will unlock incredible opportunities for you. I love this verse in 1 Peter. Right after he talks about, you know, worshiping Christ, doing so in a gentle way, he says this. He says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. You know, I think there are many of us who are longing for something. You can go ahead and leave that scripture up. I think it's good just to, you can read through that. If I get boring, just that's the better stuff anyway. But I, I do think there are many of us, maybe we wouldn't articulate it this way, but we're really longing for home. We want a place that sees us, that we want a place that's good, that's going to be gentle with us, that's going to love us. That is home. And that place is with God. That's what our soul, our human soul craves and longs for. And the way that, that we can go home is through Jesus. So Christ suffered for you. Uh, somebody once told me, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. We see the world as we are. And, and when you think about who we are, who you are, think for just a moment about all the different types of pain that you carry in your life. Maybe it's relational pain, with a family member or a spouse. Somebody once told me if you're a parent, you're only as happy as your least happy child. When your child is hurting, your heart breaks for them. You know the pain and you carry that pain as a parent. Maybe you're carrying physical pain. Maybe it's some pain for what's happening around the world, for what's happening in Turkey, in Syria, or other tragedies, countless things that are happening. There's all kinds of pain that we carry, and we see the world through these lenses of pain. And sometimes it distorts how we actually view the world. Well, Jesus see, is able to see us clearly, 
And he's able to come into our life and help us begin to see things kind of above those lenses, to see that there's a new way, there's a different way. And if you want to go home, you can begin to see clearly because of what Jesus has done. Because he died, he took our sins upon himself. You know, the, the image that we're given of baptism is that when we go down into the water, we're uniting with Christ in his death. It's like we're being glued to him in his death. Now, don't worry, we don't hold you under the water that long, okay? <laughs> you don't actually, that would be terrifying. That, that would, you know, not be good. But we pull you out of the water, and when you come out of the water, it's like you're, you're living out the resurrection, you're uniting with Christ in his resurrection as well. That's what I want to unite with. I want to have the hope of new life. But we unite with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. Now, I've been told uh, that there are some of you uh, who maybe didn't register for the baptism on time. And, and, and maybe you got the email and you just, for whatever reason, didn't get to register and maybe you're thinking I really wish I could be baptized today but I forgot to sign up you can still get baptized uh, after the service we're going to have an opportunity for that I would encourage you if that's you and if that's where the step that you're at in your spiritual journey and you want to make that step oh I hope you have the courage to take that step I remember that day when I did it uh, my heart was beating fast my feet wouldn't move and I just remember mustering up the courage to say, okay, today's the day. Today is the day. Maybe for some of you, your next step is to say, gosh, I think I need to do that alpha thing. I do have a lot of questions. I, I, I have a lot of things I'm curious about. Maybe you have a lot of pain that you need to process with some other people. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe for some of you, your next step, you, you've been coming to church, you, you are a Christ follower, and your next step is to say, hey, maybe I can help on that alpha. Or maybe I do need to help, you know, with some of the ministries here at the church. Maybe there's somebody I know that I could begin praying for and just spend time with and love them. So I'd love for you to stand.